Talking with Turo. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of Talking with Turo. First of all, I want to say Happy New Year. Hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. So, on this episode that we're going to kick off with the podcast, Talking with Turo, is Rob from Rob's Metalworks. Um, he's here in San Antonio. And uh, what he does is uh, he's been in the music scene for a very long time and kind of established a name for himself uh, just with the bands that he that he interviewed. Uh, first, he started locally here in the city and then moved on to like, you know, bigger names. Um, <clears throat> but he started on public access, access TV, which I think is really cool because that's like the pre-internet days. And, you know, nowadays, like you have access to everything. But back then, like if you could get your foot in the door, like how fucking cool is that? That's awesome. So anyways, we're going to dive in talking with uh, Rob from Rob's Metalworks. Once again, welcome to the first episode of Talking with Turo. Mr. Rob, <laughs> it's good to have you, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me this evening. Of it's course, a, dude. It's a pleasure to be on Talking with Turo. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm excited, man. I have a lot of questions for you. Um, I know that you're a veteran when it comes to interviews yourself, so yeah. please don't judge me too hard. This is, okay. my, this is my first time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, so one thing I wanted to start with is uh, um, what... Where did it all begin with Rob's Metalworks? Uh, it all began just because I'm a, a heavy metal fan. I've always been just a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, when I was a kid, I, ha- I have an older brother, and uh, he's, a, he's seven years older than me, and, and he used to jam, you know, Judas Priest and Saxon and mm-hmm. Triumph and Montrose and Meatloaf and you know, all these bands in the house all the time. And so I got acclimated to heavy music early on. And, um, you know, there were certain bands of the ones that he would play that I really love, like Priest mm. and Triumph nice. and Rush. And uh, when I got older uh, and I was in middle school, like seventh grade. Nice. That's when Metallica came out, and then it was over. That was like the new breed of metal, Um, and I was a huge Metallica fan, fanatic. I still am. Since that day, like since since that time. I mean, and you know, this is pre, you know, obviously pre pre internet, pre your internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. So the way that we found out about metal bands was either through through friends magazines and that was it and i had this friend of mine Mm. (laughs) his name was gabe garza and he was a rocker like me and one day he said rob this is in middle school he said come to my house after school man and i I can't say on camera why he wanted me to go to his house just to hang out yeah just to hang out and he had an older brother Mm-hmm. Who, who was a heavy metal guy, and he played guitar in a band called Wicked Impact. Nice. And he was cool, dude. His brother was really cool. He had, like, long, curly hair, and he just looked cool. And we're hanging out, and his brother comes in, 
and we had he we had a boom box and he said check this shit out and he threw on metallica, metallica. ride the oh, lightning dude. and he played for whom the bell tolls for okay, us okay okay and that was it and i was like <laughs> what the hell is this That's so i remember awesome. like I, after the song finished i pulled the cassette out and was looking uh-huh. at it and i was like metallica and and that was it man it was over uh that was that was the beginning of of me being a fan of mm-hmm. of the of the new wave of of british heavy metal uh, at that time and you and, said you were in 7th grade yeah 7th grade dude um my my dad he had a cassette and i was like 12 or 13 right and i told you like growing up i wasn't too familiar with a lot of metal but the first cassette i ever heard from metallica was kill em all dude yeah. i loved it and yeah. i love it to this day dude yeah. it's fucking sick as fuck man yeah dude i love it so much so from there um so it was seventh grade and it was uh the out al- the album right the lighting but it was the cassette right yeah it was, it was the cassette. cassette. so ever since then after that like what established or paved the way for rob himself to like just start doing the interviews after yeah. seventh grade <laughs> well i was i mean me i was a fan all the way up through you know high school and i remember um mm-hmm. when i was a freshman uh my mom had sent me to go live with my dad because i was being bad and uh, i went oh, to marshall rebel. high school yeah, yeah. <laughs> i went to marshall high school and uh that year uh master of puppets came out Ooh, yeah okay. i was 15 years old master of puppets came out and me and my friends in the neighborhood uh, jammed Master Puppets all the time. And I used to have this friend. His name was David Lopez. He was a really cool dude. Mm. And he had this mother. Like, his mom was, like, hot. <laughs> so, so, like, his mom was always gone, dude. Like, she was always out on dates. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it was just him and his mom. So his mom would go out and we'd be like, yeah. Yeah, party, right? We like, had his whole house music. to party. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, and his mom would say, oh, I might come home tonight. I might not. Nope. No, nope. she's <laughs> coming home. So we'd invite everybody to his pad, dude. party. We'd jam, ride the lightning, yeah. master of puppets oh. over and over and over again. That's all we jammed over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. But of course, you know, after that, you know, Anthrax started getting big and then Megadeth and, you know, all these other uh, second wave of thrash bands came out and we mm-hmm. were jamming to like Death Angel and and the S.O.D. And, and all these other bands. But, you know, uh, after that, um, after my freshman year, I went back to live with my mom and I uh, went to Holmes High School. OK. And, you know, stayed stayed a fan and. After high school, I graduated. You know, one one of the I'm going to share something, and this is a little personal. No, go ahead, man. That you know, kind of like really at the heart of of who I am as a person, and it really hasn't changed too much. Um, I was I was kind of lucky. Uh, I learned early on that you know, if I wanted to succeed in in society, mm-hmm. that I had to navigate the system. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up with my mom in, in, in a housing project. Okay. Yeah. And so when, when she sent me to go live with my dad, it was kind of weird because my dad had a house and he lived in a... Established. He lived in a subdivision. Yeah. You know, it was all new to me. Yeah. Um, but I always wanted to get out of the ghetto, you know, get out of the housing project. Right. 
And, uh, you know, I was, I was a pretty accomplished singer. I was I was in choir all through middle school. What? Yeah, dude. that's sick. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I even got uh, I had an audition for the swing choir at Holmes High School. You had to audition to it, for yeah. it to get in, right? And uh, I got in the mm. swing choir. And really, the swing choir was for like juniors and seniors. And I was going to be a freshman because they auditioned me as an eighth grader, and I got in. Yeah, that's sick. And then uh, I also played football. Two, uh, I was a middle linebacker and I played football. And when I was a sophomore, when I went to go back to live with my mom, I'm like, you know, I'm back here in the ghetto and I, what am I going to do to get out? You mm-hmm. know? And so one day I was like, you know, I came home from practice and my mom was like, Rob, your grades are bad. What happened? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mom, I'm too freaking tired when I come back from practice to yeah, do my dude. work. Yeah. <laughs> so. One night, I just had like an epiphany, and I made the decision. I'm like, I'm going to quit swing choir. I'm not going to be a rock star. Mm-hmm. I'm going to quit football because I'm not going to be a f- professional football player. And the only way for me to get out of this ghetto is to, is to get educated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's what I did. Yeah. That's what I did. And I, uh, I, I graduated top 10%. Uh, I was like <laughs> number 45 out of like 650. Ooh. Students, Ooh. class of 89 at Holmes. Yeah. And uh, I got admitted and I went to Baylor University that summer. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, by the grace of God. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to be admitted, but it's another thing to get the money. I, yeah. So thank God we were poor. <laughs> I got mm-hmm. a lot of grants. And, yeah. Yeah. And I got loans and I got work study and, and I went. My my dad came in one day in, in August mm-hmm. after my graduation. We, I packed what little shit I had. Yeah. And he took me to Waco and dropped my ass off and left. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Where, did, that, where did he leave you at? At the dorm. Oh, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> he, he took me to the dorm. We unloaded my shit. And yeah, yeah. Later. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So I was a stranger in a strange land. And at that, at that time, you know, Baylor University was like 97% white. Uh-huh. There was more African-American students there than there were Mexicans. Hmm. Uh, so it was really, uh, was really weird for me. Yeah. Yeah. So to make a long story short, you know, uh, I still listened to metal. I remember when I was a sophomore in college, 1991, fucking the black album came out and my friends and I would always jam the black album. Um, even though there were hicks and stuff from from Mm. the country. They still liked it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I made them listen to it. Yeah, dude. Uh, and and then uh, you know I, I got a degree in marketing, Oof. and I came back to San Antonio after graduation. I yeah. almost moved to Austin. I had a girlfriend at that time who wanted me to move to Austin, and mm. and uh, I told her no. And I came back to San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, came back to San Antonio, and I got back into the music scene. And I was checking out all these cool bands. I'm like, man, there's all these fucking cool bands. So I would go to the showcase theater and and check out bands. And one day I just like, I got to do something to help promote these bands. And this was still before uh, pre-internet days, right? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So so um, not trying to go away from your story, but yeah, like yeah. you said, uh, so so word of mouth was actually a thing. Like word of mouth now was like, hey, share this post, right? But word of mouth back then was literally go spread the word. Yeah. Right? And and that's the thing that's that's a little bit um 
discouraging with what I see in the scene today mm. because back then uh, it was a community. You know, even though I wasn't friends, mm-hmm. like close friends with mm-hmm. people I would see at a show. Yeah. We were still acquaintances and we were still both part of this community. So cool, we man. respected each other and we loved each other. Yeah. And we would talk about, you know, Machine Head or whatever, nice. whoever we were there to see. And there was a sense of community. And now because of the Internet, you know, there's... And it was just the metal community. Now there's mm. so many different subgenres of metal. Mm. Everybody's in their own little subgenre. Yeah. And <laughs> and because of, you know, the way that we can communicate now, there's a little less sense of community and brotherhood now uh, than there was back then. Do you think because of uh, the Internet days that kind of divided everybody or? Yeah. I mean, it did because... Um, Again, uh, people were into their own little factions. So, for example, um, if I was a death metal guy, you know, I just want to be part of and hang out and talk with people who are involved with death metal. Just death metal. Yeah, yeah just death metal, yeah. not, you know, thrash or hardcore. Yeah. Or whatever. Or metalcore. Yeah, whatever. Um, but, you know, and, and it's caused people to kind of have their little subgroups and stuff instead of just being one whole Yeah, thing. you're right, you're right. Yeah, so it's... it was it was different back then. It was totally different. Mm. So you would go to a show, and I'd see all the same people there at the show. <laughs> like, hey, man, good to see you. I saw you two weeks ago. Hey, how's yeah. it going? Let's grab yeah. a beer. Let's talk. Let's hang out, uh, whatever. And we would have a good time uh, checking out these bands. And then, like I said, you know, I just one day I'm like, I got to do something to help promote this scene. And there was only two ways to do that. That was through uh, literature, mm-hmm. uh, like a magazine or yeah. a fanzine, or, or public access TV. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. tell, you got to tell me about that because I remember being a kid watching like Channel 20. I think Channel 20 had like random stuff that was local. Yeah, it's all local. That would you call you call public access channel, yeah, which public is local, access right? TV, yeah. Channel dude, 20, yeah. I, I'll never forget this, That was man. Paragon Cable. Paragon that was Cable. before... It was called Paragon Cable before Time Warner Cable. What the fuck? That's crazy, dude. I remember seeing um, on Channel 20, like, random stuff, like the Hondo show and then mm-hmm, the Ketchup mm-hmm, Cave. And, mm-hmm. like, oh, like, what the hell is all this, dude? It's all mm-hmm, local. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So in order to get into that, like, what were the steps to, like, get your foot in the door? Well, you know, uh, it was very formal. Uh, there was a contract that had to sign. But even before I got to the contract... I had a meeting with the guy who was the head of public access. Mm. His name was Clint Weir, and he worked for for uh, Paragon and Time Warner for a long time. Okay. So I had to go there and sell him on the show, what I was going to do. He was like, okay, Rob, what do you, you want to do your show on? I said, oh. well, I want to I support the music scene here, the heavy metal scene. I want to interview bands and record mm. bands, you know, provide some, you know, articulate commentary on these bands and so that people can – can get turned on to them and he was like okay that you sold me right. already bro <laughs> and it was kind of like like what you were telling me off camera art he was like okay well you have to submit you know seven episodes in okay. advance yeah and then we will we'll start airing your wow stuff. and you know back then before you know also before very savvy software and laptops right we did everything on vhs mm-hmm 
So I it was would, like the big old camcorder, right? The big old huge thing. Like. Well, I had a big camera, and I, <laughs> they also had you could go in there. They also had like a facility. You could go uh, there and edit your show. What they yeah, let you do dude, that in there? Yeah. You, Where was it located? I mean, don't say the exact yeah, yeah. location, but was it like downtown or? No, it was off of Fort. I can tell you where it's. it's up, I don't even know if it's there anymore. It's probably not there anymore. It's no, it's over there. It was off like Four Ten. And like Broadway, okay. They had a small location there, dude. That's so sick. you would get there, <laughs> and then I'd go into my little room, my uh-huh. edit bay, they called it, and there was these two huge VCRs, industrial VCRs, and a little like mix board mm. and two monitors. Yeah. So I would put my tapes in, and then <laughs> edit it that way, dude. Yeah. And you know, I would have, I would have already shot my commentary. Uh huh. Which is something I don't do now. You know, that's one right. of the differences that when we moved from TV to internet, I stopped doing commentary. You know, when you say commentary, like what do you mean? Like, you like would... when I would do a show on public access, yeah, I would be like, "Hey, this is Rob Metalworks. Oh, Welcome okay. to the show. Okay. Tonight we're gonna have Nevermore and mm. Life of Agony and Bloody mm. Blah." So I would like, you know, welcome people and talk to them about the bands. Whereas now we're just, and then I would say, oh, now we're going to watch this interview that I did with so-and-so. I don't do that anymore. We, now you I have an go, intro, right? The animation intro. Yeah, the animation, and then, and then yeah. we go straight into the So I guess there's no need into that for that anymore, right? Uh, I, I guess of, not. I mean, um, you know, it's, it, it's it's also, too, I mean, the people, the, the audience, too, has changed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, people's attention span isn't that. 30 seconds. Yeah, it's like 30 <laughs> seconds. And then, you know. Uh, a full-on production like that, um, you know, I don't also don't want to make the videos too long. My interviews are long enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was that was what we did. And one thing okay. one thing that people don't, uh, that, there's, that the old schoolers out there will remember is that uh, our show, at, when we first started, would air every week. Um, it was a 30-minute show every week. Not bad. And for the first... Seven years of Rob's Metalworks, I did a brand new show every week, never aired a rerun. Never in seven years. For seven years? For seven years, every week we had a brand new show. And so, like, I would get messages, like, I would get an email. Back then, we only had email. Right. It was probably like Yahoo or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Rob, I missed the episode with, you know, Black Label Society. And I'm saying, I'm sorry, bro. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, you should have no going re- back. You should have told the wifey it. to record it on the VCR because you're not. You're never going to see it again. Yeah, I never re- aired a rerun in seven years. Wow, dude. Yeah, dude. Was that a, a personal choice or is just? Yeah, like, and okay. it was. It was a marketing strategy. See, that was the thing too. It was like, dude, that's the good dude, thinking. the dude who fucking missed the episode. You'll never miss another episode yeah, again. Yeah, because he'll keep tuning in now. Yeah, he's going to say, I don't want to oh, miss it because I can't fucking... Brilliant. I'm, I'll miss it forever. Yeah. You know, it's not like nowadays. Mm. Um, and, and we can talk about that transition too, but at that time, it was like, I'm not going to share any of so people are going to tune in, they're going to record, they're yeah. going to fucking watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the marketing strategies that I employed. Mm. And remember, I, I I learned all this stuff in school, so I was applying. It was just I wasn't just all like, your knowledge, yeah, all my know how. I wasn't just fucking putting on a show and and hoping that it stuck on the wall. You know, yeah. we did a lot of shit to to market and promote Rob's. Mm. Yeah, a lot of stuff. And it was it it was always called Rob's Metalworks since oh, day yeah. one. Oh yeah, and and let me tell you something that's very important because 
<laughs> there's people, uh, of course, who've been with me for decades, and uh, there's there's people who are new to Rob's, and I, I kind of subliminally sh- said this on my Facebook, and I'm like, Rob's Metalworks is not a fucking metal news site. You know, you're not going to go to Rob's Metalworks to find out what bands are coming to San Antonio. Okay, we don't just repost and share heavy metal news. Okay, if you want that, you can go to blabbermouth.net or you can go to bravewords.com. That's not what it is. Mm. We're not sharing other people's news. Mm. We're we're making our own news. We make our own content. And that's why I called it Rob's Metalworks because uh, the bands that you're going to see on Rob's are bands that I'm a fan of and bands that I think people who watch Rob's and follow Rob's are also going to dig. So when you say that, dude, that it, that it wasn't just a site to hear about the metal bands, like what do you, what do you mean for Rob's Metalworks? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not a new site. We're, we're, I, I called the show Rob's Metalworks because these are bands that I like. I mean, I don't. I don't diss bands. I'm not going to put a band that I don't like on Rob's. Oh, I mean, if okay. I don't like them, like, why do you think my, my viewers are going to like them? <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel and, you. And I have people, I've, I've had people for years telling me, oh, man, you turned me on to propane. Mm. You turned me on to Iced Earth. You turned me on to Life Ooh. of Agony. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, so we were getting, uh, and I and I dug these bands, and, and I was you know, sharing all of this with, with people who were watching it and they were digging it. Um, but again, it wasn't, it wasn't just, we're, we're just not a conduit for sharing heavy metal news. There's a lot of other sites that do that. Yeah. So at the same time, um, not only sharing the bands we like, but working with the bands. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, though, all the bands I just mentioned, I've interviewed all those bands. Dude, so that's the next question I had. So you you put your foot in the door, you got into the to the network before Time Warner Cable. They approved you for the shows. Mm-hmm. So now the next question that I have is what came after that? How did you get your interviews with these bands? Yeah. How did you reach out to them? Like Yeah. Well, um, you know, the local bands of which I still support 25 years later. Um so you loved started with it. loved it, yeah. I started locally, local, okay. Interviewing local bands, Las mm. Cruces and Bifist, mm. all these old San Antonio bands, nice. And they loved it because they were, you know, getting publicity and, and people, more people were learning about them yeah. and and stuff like that. It was great, um, and uh, that's something that I really pride myself on. Uh, you know, later on when we talk about what's happening in 2020, mm. all the bands that I've interviewed this year, and I've done 25 interviews in 2020, despite mm. you know as tumultuous as it's not been, bad, not bad. They're all local regional bands, all yeah. of them. And yeah. I made a promise to do that in 2019, but we'll talk about that later for sure. But um, if you're talking about the signed bands, you know, bands that national bands, worldwide bands, yes, um, it took a while to kind of build the relationship with the record labels at that time. Oh. Back then, you would go to the record label. And I say that because at that time, uh, the record labels had, each record label had their own publicity department. Like a PR? Like, like a publicity. So okay. the people that worked in publicity, their job is to get their bands into magazines oh. and to get them interviews okay. and all that stuff. So 
uh, after a while when when the the labels would find out oh rob's metalworks is on time warner cable you know he is they would say how many homes has time warner cable hit and I would say four hundred thousand. We're in the greater San Antonio area. Jesus. Yeah, that's how many subscribers they had. Wow. So I dude. said, if you're a subscriber to Time Warner Cable, you can watch Robs. <laughs> so that's four hundred thousand people. Yeah. So like, fuck yeah, all right, let's get you an interview. Mm-hmm. And so that's how that's how you legitimately do it. And then the public the publicist, whoever mm-hmm. it was, yeah. would say, okay, yeah. Rob, this is the this is who you need to con. Go down to the show mm-hmm. at this time. This is who you need to contact. This is their cell number. Yeah. They'll hook you up with the band member, and then you do your thing. And I did that for decades. <laughs> Dude, that's so sick. Yeah. And, and, and you interviewed everybody from, can you, give, me, give, me, give me some names, give me some bands. Uh, Danzig, Megadeth, uh, Lacuna Coil, Ooh. AFI, Henry Rollins, Alter Bridge, Anthrax, As I Lay Dying, uh, Death Angel, Il Nino, Otep. Behemoth, Behemoth, you like some black metal, Sepultura, Lamb of God, (laughs) Ronnie James Dio. Oh, man, dude, that is awesome. Zach Wild, Cannibal Corpse, Prong, Machine Head, Phil Anselmo, Exodus, Queensryche, Trivium. Oh, do you have Trivium go to? Oh, yeah. So would they go to your house now or was it a different place back then? Uh, Back then we would go to the venue. We were at the venue. Oh, at the venue. Oh, you would take your mic and all that stuff, right? Back back then we were out out on the street. And because that was at a time when we were still building Rob's. Yeah, building a brand, right? Yeah, we were still building the brand of Mm -hmm. Rob's. Now, you know, 25 years later, you know, even before, way before, like 10 years ago, yeah, I already had all the publicists. Because, too, this is something that people don't realize. These people that work in the industry, they mm. all know each other. Yeah. No matter if they're in New York, <laughs> L.A., New Jersey, yeah. no, ever, no matter where the fuck they're yeah, at. They yeah. all know each other. Yeah, yeah. And so they'll be like, hey, share your, who do you have a contact in Texas? And like Rob's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and so. It's spread. Yeah. So Dude, now. It's so sick. Now, I mean, I get. 20 emails a day from publicists. Yeah. All different types of publicists. Yeah. You know, 20 emails a day. And some of the bands that they're pimping, I don't know anything about. Right, right, right. And then some of them I do. <laughs> yeah. Some of them I do. And, uh, you know, if I'm interested, they'll say, like, Rob, you want to interview Ted Nugent? And I'm like, yeah, I want to interview him. When is he coming? You know? Uh, and we set it up that way. And uh, But now I don't I don't have to go search for anything. It, it, it all drops on my lap, and then I get yeah. to pick and choose what I want to do. You know, one thing that that I like about that is that the reason why you have um, all this history of these bands that you interviewed is because you actually did the work, yeah, and you did the hustle, man, yeah. So, um, this and this is something I brought up in my other episodes too. Is like nothing's gonna fall in your lap. You gotta actually like do the footwork and contact, you know, and do and and you did, man. Like back in the day, like you went to the program editor and all that shit. Like that's awesome, dude. People don't realize. People don't realize all the back end work that you got to do. Like oh, people yeah. don't realize, you know, uh, you know how we set up this interview. Mm-hmm. People don't realize, like, oh, you know, don't what know that they don't know that I did two hours of research on the band even before I met them. Yeah. So I know everything about them, mm. and that was the research. That only people are like two hours. That's not even that long, and that's because I'm already a fan. I already know yeah, about already know. Uh, about their records. I know everything about Trivium. But you wanted to be thorough, though. <laughs> yeah, you I want to be, be thorough. thorough. Yeah, and have dates and shit. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna say, oh yeah, your record that came out two years ago. Like, right, yeah. What is it called again? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but they don't know that I I do my research. You yeah. Know? 
they don't know everything that we're doing on the marketing side either. Mm. You know, one of the things too, like back in the back in the public access days, mm. uh, at the end of the show, at my closing credits, yeah, I used to put my my address and my phone number. Really? Yeah. <laughs> And my wife at that time would get pissed off because yeah. people would be calling the house. The show would end like at 1130. Yeah. And people were blowing up our phone till like two in the morning. Hey, man, can you interview us too? No, like, they were just like, Rob, we're fans. Bloody what? Yeah, love oh, to dude, yeah, that's dude. so sick. Maybe they just loved it. Yeah. And then, but the thing was, every time, you know, when someone would call and yeah. sometimes they were fucked up, whatever. <laughs> and they would be it's like, Rob, I just morning. saw yeah. your show, Rob. I just saw it. I loved yeah. it. And so I'd let them, you know, whatever, talk. Mm -hmm. And then before I got off the phone with them, I would say, uh, what's your name? Uh-huh. Uh, can I have your email address? Nice. And what's your zip code where you live? And so after several years, I accumulated a huge database of people. <laughs> And and so I created an email distribution list. Uh -huh. So I said I would email my my fans uh, every you, week. What would you email them though? Like just... I would email them and tell them, hey, don't forget to watch Rollins oh, this Saturday. We're gonna God, have Nevermore and fucking you know whatever That's on. That's fucking smart as yeah. fuck, man. And then when I would do a, like analysis of who these people were uh -huh. and where they were from, yeah, they were predominantly males, uh, Hispanic males. Mm. Uh, and most of them were from the south side of San Antonio. Okay, most of them okay. were not. You know, we had fans all over, but most right. of the the bulk, like I most mean, of the audience, like seventy five percent yeah. of my audience were south from the side. south side of San Antonio. South side, yeah, dude. So I mean, we would do shit like I did shit like that. Yeah, you know, and then, you know, I'd be out every fucking weekend. I'd work all week, mm. and then go out on the weekends and work all weekend. And you know, I have to give you know, I never forget this, but. Uh, my son, who's 22 years old now, uh, my son at that time was, you know, very young. He was like three, five years old. Okay. And my wife at that time, Esther, uh, I tell her, hey, I got to go do an interview Friday and Saturday. What would she say? No, go she, ahead. Go do it. She was all, she supported me, bro. Dude, that's good. Man. She supported me. She's like, that's your thing. That's, that's your, thing. your outlet. It's going to keep you sane. Go, go do it. We'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were being productive. It's not like you were going off to go fuck off. You know what I mean? Like you were doing something that was genuinely like building towards a bigger goal. Well, she would watch the show. We'd watch the show. We'd watch the show every week. <laughs> oh, dude, that's so awesome. We'd sit down together what? and like, Rob's coming. And it was so cool back then because it yeah. was TV. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'd wait for it to come on. You know, <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. That's cool, dude. So when you would do these interviews, um, like, obviously, like, of course, you were cool with everybody locally because being Rob. <laughs> but, like, <clears throat> uh, with the national artists, like Henry Rollins and stuff mm -hmm. like that, like, would you be able to hang out with them, too? Or was it just like, oh, thank you for the interview. I'll, I'll, I'll catch you later, or you know? Yeah. Well, well, one of the things that I would always tell my, my guy, I always had, a, had, a, had a, I always had my camera guy, obviously, with me. Mm. And I would tell him, look, when we're done working, when we're done with the interview... Pack our shit and let's get the fuck out. They don't <laughs> yeah. want us there. Yeah, let's you're just right. do our business and get out. Yeah, and we would do that. Mm. However, a lot of times, 
bands were like, Rob, hang out, man. It's cool. Dude, it's fucking sick. Fucking, I remember when Glenn Danzig told me to hang out after our interview. He said, oh, man, you don't have to leave to hang out. And he said t- that to you? Yeah. Oh, nonchalant, right? Like, hey, yeah. dude, chill, man. We talked about wrestling. <laughs> He's a big wrestling fan. We talked about... Uh, he says, hey, Rob, did you hear about the new Spider-Man movie coming out? So we talked about <laughs> Spider-Man. Uh, Phil Anselmo, too, from Pantera. He's like, Rob, nice. hang out. Dude. I remember he had a big he had a big bag of weed about this big. <laughs> he pulled it out of his backpack. He's like, hey, man. He's like, man, <laughs> hang out, Rob. I'm like, all right, man. And uh, he and I, would, he's into like really heavy shit. So he was talking to me about all these European fucking death Holy metal bands fuck. and grindcore bands. And yeah, dude, so many of these dudes. And, and that's a, this is the thing, too. Uh-huh. This is the thing, too. I've interviewed these guys more than once. They know me. They, it's not like they're strangers. So you're considered a friend at this point. I'm, I'm already, they already know me. They know yeah, I'm sick. legit. That's sick, dude. And that, that comes with longevity. Yeah. And consistency, yeah, yeah. And they know if if Rob, see that was the thing too. And I don't, I don't think we mentioned this earlier, but when I would interview, you know, my interview was the main goal of any interview is to promote the record. Yes. Okay. Promote yeah. what the band and what they're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I always did that. Yeah. There was a benefit uh, for them to for interview both parties, with Rob. right? Yeah. For both parties. Yeah. I got content and they got promo. Yeah. And and we did it, and on top of all that, we did it in a very uh, articulate, intelligent way. We always treated metal like an art form. This mm-hmm. wasn't just some fucking, you know, music that you know some stoner yeah. kid is is listening to in his yeah. bedroom. This is real music, and to play, you know, thrash metal, to play a guitar solo like Kirk Hammett or Gary Holt takes a lot of musical skill. Yeah, it does. Okay. So (laughs) that's the way that we treated it and people liked it. Yeah. And enjoyed it. You know, uh, there's, there's, uh, people who've said that, yeah, I want to interview with Rob again because I like his interviews. Joey Vera from armored saints told me that. And you know, who's told me that who Scott Stapp, the singer from Creed. Yeah. When I interviewed him, you interviewed him. Oh yeah. yeah, Scott Stapp from Creed. Like, uh, his wife uh, emailed me, and they were coming back to San Antonio, and I think they did a show at the Alamo City Music Hall. Uh-huh. And uh, Scott's wife told me, Scott loves to interview with you. <laughs> so when can we do it? And I'm like, well, I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. No questions asked. I'll be there. I'll be right there. there. I'll yeah. be there. So, yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's like uh, the consistency. You know, mm. we we've been working – in twenty in twenty eighteen, I did forty five interviews. In nice, nice, dude. And in twenty nineteen, I did. In twenty nineteen, I only did twelve interviews, and that was because I made an announcement about this on the yeah. Page, no, I remember. And that was because I started my my second master's degree. Yeah. And I knew I was going to be busy with that. Oh yeah. So I only did twelve, and then uh, I had promised for twenty twenty that I was going to come back uh, with a bullet, and mm. I, and that was the the plan until COVID. Uh, which really kind of hindered us. So. Oh yeah, hindered everybody, man. Yeah, I know. So I mean, I think the last interview I did this year was in the middle of October with Shattered Sun, mm-hmm. and uh, that's number twenty-five. Nice. Yeah. So I mean, in, in, in that staying that busy, you know, and being consistent, it's not easy. Yeah. People get tired. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you have, if you really have a true passion for what you're doing and, and look at your work. You as, fight through that tiredness, man. Yeah, dude, you got to. You yeah. got to. But the passion, you know, you know the, just even though you might be tired, but the passion keeps you going. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Like one one thing um, that I'll mention is that uh, right now with Marie Laveau, um, we're kind of like in a, in a free fall with the new music because everyone's got their own thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I try to keep the train going. And Roy's mentioned that too, dude. He's like, dude, I appreciate that you keep the, the ship going. Like I'm the, I'm the captain, right? Like I keep it going. Like they fall asleep. I'm like, nah, come on, wake up, man. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, dude, you're right. Like if, if you believe in something enough, like you, it doesn't matter what kind of obstacles you have, like you're just going to keep doing it. Right. You know? And um, one thing, one thing uh, that Miguel mentioned was, that he's like, dude, like it was my dream to be on Rob's Metalworks, like because oh, I guess yeah. he's known you since like the early days, yeah. like kept up with it, man. So um, I've had a lot of musicians say that. Really? Yeah, the singer <laughs> from Remanon, and and I remember that what he said. The guy, I remember. Uh, I don't know if you know that guy. I do. Yeah, Nate. We, his name's Nate. Yeah, we played with him at uh, Imagine Books and Records, and then I know he does uh, Third Eye for Tool, yeah, and yeah, then for guy. Incubus. Yeah, so that guy, cover you know, he came from cover bands. Mm-hmm. And then he crossed over into original music. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's one of the things, too. Like, I don't interview cover bands. Mm-hmm. And uh, he crossed over and he first played with a band called Aperture. For, and uh, most of the dudes in that band were from Austin. And they released a record. It was an amazing record. I still listen to that record. Yeah. And then uh, he got into another original band called Remanon. And I remember yeah, they Remanon. had sent me the record and I was jamming and it was great. And then uh, they had a gig. They were opening up a gig at uh, Aztec Theater. He's and, played there a lot, dude. And he's, he told me, I think this was the first, when I interviewed him, I think it was the first time, because he had said, Rob, uh, dude, I'm playing Aztec Theater. This would, this would be a great opportunity for you to, we, for us to interview. <laughs> dude, that's it. And I said, you're right. You're yeah. right. Uh-huh. So we went down to the Aztec, and we interviewed them. And it was the first time he'd ever been on Rob's, the only time he's ever been on Rob's. Mm. And the first thing that he said, probably within the first three minutes of the interview, when I was just welcoming welcoming them, he said, I can't believe I'm on Rob's. <laughs> it's like a rite of passage <laughs> in the San Antonio Meadows. It's a rite of passage. Yeah. And I just, you know, when people say that, I just kind of, I kind of smile, you know. And yeah. I, and it makes me very proud that they feel that way. Yeah. I'm very happy. That people feel that way because, you know, that's the thing, too. Mm. And this is also a, a marketing strategy. I'm sharing all my fucking secrets with all the youth out there. Oh, my goodness. This is a secret. And pay attention. There's 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 bands. I get tons of shit. Mm-hmm. I get Facebook messages all the time. Oh, yeah. Emails all the time of bands oh, yeah. saying, Rob, check out our stuff. Mm. Rob, we'd love to interview with you. Rob, can you promote our single? Mm hmm. You know, I've had bands tell me, Rob, how much? I'll drop you three bills to interview my band. Not bad. And I'm like, dude, it's not how it works. Yeah. And I tell all those dudes, send me your music. Let me listen to it. And if I like it, we'll we'll work it out and you'll be on Rob's. And if I don't like it, then keep working. No, dude, I I agree with you when it comes to that, man. And, And it's not that like. Like you hate the music, right. you know. It's just you want to see if they're professional enough to present them. You're just some of these bands; they're just not ready yet. Yeah, you know, you just can't put out a fucking EP and say, "Okay, I'm gonna be on Rob's." 
so even though that has happened, <laughs> there are some special bands and special musicians who have done that. I don't they know if you saw. They... No, uh, I, I didn't. There's a band called Desolate Blight. Very mm. the, the guitar player, he's 19. And oh, this okay. kid is like, his name's Noel. And he, this kid's like a, a, a genius, a mm. mad scientist. And um, they released their first record and it blew my mind. But I said, let me just make them wait one more record, and and I know it's gonna be even better. Ooh. And that's what happened. Their rec- their second record came out. Then you were like, yes, let's he, get you he, in. He, he sent it to me like two months before it came out to the public. Okay. So all of you bands out there who aspire to be on Rob's do the same. Uh, I like to be in the know uh, before, you know, that way I can talk about your shit. And so when the second record came out, I says Rob. Check it out. We still want to be on Rob's. Are we ready yet? That's what he said. Are we ready? And I heard. I like how he asked you. He yeah. He asked me, and I said, Noel, you're fucking ready, bro. Beautiful man. You're fucking ready. And so I interviewed them about a month or two ago. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, Great band, but you know, I want to get every San Antonio band on Rob's. But when you're ready. Yeah. Roger Trevino. Roger Trevino. Oh yeah. I I, we did a he. Yeah. He's thirty. Three years old, dude. He's passionate about it, dude. He's passionate, um, and he he was like, I've, "I've been dreaming about being on Rob since I was 17. <laughs> and I said, "Don't don't say that. You're making me feel old." <laughs> but it was true when he yeah. when he interviewed on Rob's in his interview had yeah. like 3,400 views like in three weeks. Nice. And he was dude, like, "Dude, me me and Roger did a, a cover together. I don't know if you saw it. Um, I didn't really promote it too much because I wasn't like big on it." Um, not cause there's anything wrong with it. I was just cause I was having fun. But when I had him in here doing the screaming vocals with me, dude, he was excited about everything. He's like, fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Let's fucking yeah. do this. I'm like, dude, I wish everybody was like you. Like, imagine if every artist was like that. Like, yes, let's collab. Let's do this shit. I want this shit right now. It'll be awesome. A lot more music would come out, you know? I think people get, get, uh, they get jaded, uh, mm. because they don't see the success, uh, right away. You know, they don't see, uh, well, nowadays, they don't see all the likes or they don't see all the views that they want. And they put so much work into it. Yeah. And it's not getting the the acclaim that they That they expected. Want, that they expect. Yeah, yeah. And that's a, a, a downer for them. And so yeah. it demotivates them. It demoralizes them. Mm. And they lose. Courage. Yeah. Focus. They yeah. just lose focus. But, you know. I think that happens with a lot of people, man, especially um, with me, dude. There was one day where, like, I was thinking, I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to do this podcast, dude. Like, because I eventually wanted to be something. But at the same time, like, this is like the baby stage, like still a baby, you know, like I got to let it like grow, you know. And uh, speaking of baby, dude, like I remember like Randy Bonilla's when he put Marilla Vo on the radio. That's when I was like, oh, dude. And when, one thing that comment that he said, he's like, hey, guys, you know, uh, we got a lot of ugly babies out there. So, like, when you send your submissions, you know, make sure it's not an ugly baby. Like, yeah, you're proud of your baby, but if it's ugly, hey. <laughs> well, th- th- that's the thing, though, too, is like, uh, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Right, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, what might be ugly to him or me uh, could be beautiful to someone else. You know, what could be ugly to, to him could be beautiful to me. It all depends. You know, we, we all have our own uh, opinion musical and, preferences yeah. and opinions and and things that we like you know um and, and that's the thing too that's why you see when you when you know those bands that i just called out that's a huge diversity of metal oh yeah 
you know it's not just you know death or, or black or thrash it's all kinds of heavy stuff yeah yeah i love it all yeah that's one thing i noticed too is uh, uh you notice my circus survive record but then yeah even when we went in for the for or the interview for marilla Vo, like you already knew all kinds of music so i think that's cool that like you you have a taste for everything and mm-hmm. it's not specifically just metal man right so is, is there a story that you can tell me from uh any of the artists of the bands that you've chilled with like crazy story like you don't have to say no names no no don't I, say no names but no, i don't mind sharing names <laughs> let me see uh, what you got bro <laughs> Yeah, you know uh, Chris Bettis? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Selena's widow? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I've interviewed him, and uh, we always have a great time. Mm. Uh, he loves to drink wine. So when he comes over, like we interviewed in 2016, and then we interviewed in 20, we interviewed this year, 2020. Yeah. And I remember for the interview, I went and got five bottles of wine Ooh, for us. Nice. And uh, we drink copious amounts of wine and, and mm. talk off camera and and uh you know he shares a lot of his personal life with me um you know he goes to the east coast a lot he has a mm. girlfriend out there he he told me about the hot sauce way before it even came hot out sauce. yeah he has a hot sauce that's it's, what? dude it's flying off the shelves at h-e-b bro <laughs> chris Bettis hot sauce yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's talked to me about some of the the legal things that he that he goes through yeah, and, yeah. you know relationships and uh we've built a great friendship but man uh, I, I remember one time we stayed up to like three in the morning drinking wine mm-hmm. and uh he was pretty fucked up and i said chris <laughs> he was like i gotta go rob i'm like okay i said are you sure you can drive bro? yeah yeah he's like no he's, no i'm cool. I'm cool he's like yeah rob i'm cool i got yeah, it i'm yeah, like all right man i was like please god yeah, don't yeah. let anything happen yeah, you gotta pray on my watch hey, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah uh that's that's something very cool you know that uh i've enjoyed um knowing him you know, and, and, you know, a lot of these people, man, that I know, Phil Anselmo, I'm tight with Phil Anselmo. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I see him, he always, he's a joker, dude, that dude, he's a huge joker and, uh, we always have good times and, uh, you know, there's so many people out there that, 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 that I've enjoyed talking to. I'm really tight with, I used to be really tight back then. Remember, I don't know if you remember, God forbid, uh, the Coil Brothers, God forbid, from Jersey. One of the things that was cool about them is that they, they were they were all black dudes, except uh-huh. the bass player was a white yeah. dude, <laughs> and uh, they were cool, man. And yeah. the the one of the guitar players, one of the brothers, is the guitar player for Bad Wolves. Okay, yeah, and they're kind of big right now. Yeah, yeah. But back in the day, uh, had great relationships with those people. We would go out and and eat. Uh, I'm good friends with the Death Angel guys from you know old school thrash metal band from from San Francisco. Mm. Every time they come into town, we go out and have dinner nice. together. Yeah, that's already like a given. I pick them up when we go out somewhere and have dinner. We've done that for dude. That's for so long. sick. Yeah, it's cool, man. Just to hang out as friends. So, um, one thing that I mentioned to Andrew in the last episode, dude, was like when you see these um, these big artists, um, it's like you know you keep your cool because you don't want to like you know. And the reason why we brought that up is because he said his mom works for a catering company, so he mm-hmm. actually delivered food to Flea himself at the AT and T Center. Oh yeah, and when he did, from he Red was Hot like, Chili Peppers. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so Andrew said that he literally like here's your food, sir, and then just walked away. Yeah, like, <laughs> didn't react, didn't do nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean he was telling me he's like yeah they don't like that like obviously they're big enough already they get it all the time right so like you know just deliver the the salmon and quinoa and blah blah and then just go get go the away. fuck out get the fuck out mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah 
But what's crazy, dude, is that he told me he like he was hearing him slap the bass practicing, and he yeah. said even though you heard the music in the ATT Center, you could still hear the. I was yeah. like, yeah, dude, that's awesome. No, dude, but that's really cool that you were able to get that experience. You've had so much experience in your life, Rob. Like, just for you being you, man, that you've been able to chill with all these artists, dude. Twenty five years. Yeah, that's fucking sick. Well, in June of next year, it'll be twenty five years. Next year is going to be a very. Uh pivotal year for me because uh for two reasons one i turned 50 mm-hmm. which i think is a pivotal year in anybody's life and yes. then rob's will be 25 in june oh man yeah Dude. so two two kind of big anniversaries for me next oh, year yeah. i don't know what i'm gonna do yet i you don't do know a big how i'm gonna party. celebrate them <laughs> yeah people are telling me to have a party and stuff <laughs> so how's it been going with uh with the pandemic man recently like what what, uh, what you been up to? Like, has it, I know you've had like limited interviews, not too many people, like yeah. keep it like limited, but yeah. I mean, uh, when the pandemic hit in March, I remember I was scheduled to interview Danella Drive. Oh, that's right. And, and you, then had, and you I, rescheduled. Yeah. yeah. Had a, I, I called Andrew and I said, Hey man, let's just fucking, you know, everybody was still kind of freaking out. So I said, let's just postpone, not cancel, postpone. <laughs> and then uh, I think we waited about, six weeks later and i said you know at that point i was like all right man fuck it yeah i said just come on in and so the whole band came on in and uh we did the interview and then i haven't stopped since then uh personally you know um i'm a, I'm a teacher so um i remember in march mm-hmm. uh we had spring break you know yeah so i had the week off yeah and if somebody would have said, Rob, you're not going to go back on this campus for six months, I would have said, you're crazy. But that's what <laughs> happened, bro. After, when I went to spring break, I never went back. <laughs> I never went back. You're crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah, I never went back. I stayed stayed away. And then the whole transitioning our kids to remote learning or online learning was a, a fucking nightmare. Bro. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing, man. Nightmare. I'm hearing a lot of people right now are complaining about their kids. It's not really working. Like, they're not doing their there's work. So many, there's like, they're I have fucking off. I have a class of like 30 kids. Yeah. And maybe like seven of them will turn in their work. Yeah. Oh, shit. You're a teacher. Yeah. You said that a bunch of times. I'm sorry. It's yeah. just now hitting me up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you're a teacher. Oh, yeah. shit, dude. What yeah. do you teach? Business. I have business degrees with well, a nice. marketing degree. And then I got yeah. the. I got an MBA from Our Lady of the Lake when mm. I was like 30, 32 or 33. An aspiring man, Rob. Rob Chavez. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm wrapping up the MED so that I What's can that? the Master's of Education so I can be a, a principal. I'm doing my principal internship right now. Oh, yeah, dude. dude. It's been crazy. It's oh, crazy. my goodness. You got a lot of stuff going on, man. Yeah. It's been busy. But, uh, you know, add the pandemic all of, over all that shit. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't really help. It doesn't help at all. But the the weird thing is, is like I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. I said, man, you know, I would have, you know, because I have because part of the internship, I have to be part of certain meetings and trainings and shit. And now we do everything through Zoom video. I don't have to get up and go somewhere. (laughs) I can be at home. I can be in my classroom and just zoom in. And I'm still getting the credit, the hours that I need to for my internship. So it's it's kind of I'm thinking it's kind of easier uh, doing all the Zoom stuff. Honestly, man, I think it's a double edged sword, dude. Matter of fact, um, 
Uh, not trying to go with what you're talking about, but my company just announced that uh, we're going to be working home forever. Yeah. We're not going back to the office at all. Yeah. Well, then... And it's kind of like, um, I'm not trying to talk shit, but like, I don't want to be home all the time, dude. And, you know, I live with my roommate and all that. But hey, man, uh, I, I prefer the fact that I'm not wasting gas mm-hmm. and I don't have to like take a shower and get ready and get mm-hmm. dressed, you know, just wake up, roll out of bed, go straight to my computer. Um, but there was another question I was going to ask it. I remember uh, when I went, o- went over to your place, um, there was like all these action figures and like obviously the photos of like all the bands. You just, so so what? How did you start with the action figures? What started with that? Or like- oh, I've I've always loved action figures ever since I was like a little kid. Mm. Yeah, when I was a little kid, like six or seven years old, I always had Star Wars action figures. I had uh, Evil Knievel. I had all kinds of stuff, bro. And I've just always had an infatuation with with uh, action figures, all kinds. Nice. And, and I have some stuff that I've had for many decades already, and. And then I'd see something cool and I wanted, so I just, you know, when Pops came out, I started yeah. making the Pops, and especially when they started making, like, the heavy metal Pops, you mm. know. Um, yeah, man, I just love that stuff, you know. Um, That's cool, dude. Yeah, I just love it. I, uh, I, I am going to pull up, um, when I edit this, I am going to pull up the video, because I have a video when Marilla was there, and I got I got everything, like, yeah, yeah, cool. like I got it all on camera, dude. But one thing I did want to ask that I was curious about, um, last time I was there, I asked you about the sage that you had. The, you know, the the sage like you know when you when you sage sage the house and all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah 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 um so i wanted to ask you like have you ever had any experience with, like spirits or anything like that like cuz I, I wanted to get into that if if yeah yeah you can talk about that <laughs> uh, let's talk about it <laughs> uh well first of all um i think it's important you know that's that's kind of like a it, it could be a loaded question because i think your response to that depends on what you believe spiritually. Okay. Okay. Like, uh, you know, everybody, when they were children, you know, they were brought up by their parents a certain way. You know, right. Whether you're right. a Catholic or a, a, an atheist or an agnostic. Different religious whatever views. Whatever you are. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was brought up strict Catholic. You know, I did my, my communion. And when I got married, I got married through the church. Um. Nowadays, uh, you know, my and thing, things over the years have have evolved for me. Um, I I believe uh, in a universal power, whatever people want to call that. You know, Jesus Christ or Allah or Buddha or whatever you want to call whatever it. Whatever name they have for you. Yeah. It's it, there's a universal power. Okay, and uh, I do believe in good and evil. Um, yes, and I do believe that there is a. a another dimension where Mm. spirits uh, can live uh also evil spirits oh yeah yeah uh but let me tell you you want to hear a cool story yes i've never never really experienced anything really freaky but but let's hear it one time one time uh this is when i was at this is when i was at baylor uh I lived in this two-story studio apartment by myself. Mm-hmm. I think I was like already like a junior or senior. And there was a group of four girls that lived right <laughs> next door to me. Four blonde-headed girls that lived right next door. And there was one of them that I was kind of fond of. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had a Ouija board. I can't remember where the hell I oh, got it from. Oh, shit. Yeah, I had a Ouija board. What? And then one night, it was like a Friday or Saturday night. 
of course, this was before, you know, we were going out to the bars and shit. And so I, I told the girl, and I said, hey, come on over and let's do the Ouija board. <laughs> and so she was like, all right. So she comes over. Yeah. She comes over with her friend. Yeah. I was like, uh, let's go to Rob's. He has a Ouija board. <laughs> yeah. So we're in my living room. We yeah. dim the lights. I think we put mm. some candles on. And me and, and her and her friend, her roommate were doing the Ouija board. Yeah. And I don't remember what we were asking or what we were doing. But I kid you not, that fucking thing oh, started moving by dude. itself, bro. Oh, why would you fuck with that, Rob? It started moving by itself. Yeah. And it was answering our questions. And then uh, the roommate's friend, uh-huh. she totally freaked out. Like, to- like, totally got scared. She yeah. remember she got up and ran out of my apartment. Like, ran out, dude. Yeah. Like, like yeah. And she saw a ghost. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, the girl that I liked got up and followed her out. And yeah. they never came back. <laughs> <laughs> they never came back. Uh, but, but I remember I got kind of, I got kind of freaked out too. Yeah, like, well, what happened? I was like, damn spirits. What happened? And you uh, ruined my chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I got kind of freaked out too. And I remember, I think the, that night or the next day I threw the Ouija board away. Yeah. Good I threw call. It in the trash. Yeah. Good call, man. Yeah. No, good call. No, I, this is something I wanted to bring up too, because, uh, um, Obviously, like we're talking with Tua, it's a free for all, man. Obviously, we have key points, which I brought up, but like that's something I wanted to talk to you about. Um, so there was this one time where uh, it was five o'clock in the morning. I was fifteen, and like I couldn't sleep, so I look out the window, dude, and I peep up, and, and you hear the blinds, right? And I look up and close the blinds, and I go back to my bed, and then I sit you out. Like imagine if that's the corner of my room, right? And you just hear. And I was like, right? And then you hear, and I put just put the blanket over my head, bro. I'm like, oh, God, please, God. Like, what? Dude, it sounded like footsteps, bro. Like, like in, your, in the attic? Or no, what? no, no, not even the attic. Like, the roof or the corner oh, of my bedroom because oh, it's okay. the corner of the house. Like, you just hear footsteps. And I just put the blanket over my head, dude. And I'm like, was that the Lechusa or what, bro? Because it sounded big. I don't know, bro. Like, it sounded like it landed. And then I just like I'm like okay I'm done like <laughs> right like did you say a prayer? I should have, but no, I dude. Didn't, I've man. I've had some I've had um some pretty scary nightmares. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have them very often, but I I have had some. Like I'm not even talking about years ago, like recently, yeah. like maybe in the last year or two. And they're so scary. Uh, I wake up in the I'm, you know I live alone. I wake up in the middle of the night, and uh, I, I swear um. I'll, I'll still I'll I'll say in our Father and Hail Mary, you know. Right, I'll right. say I'll say it like two or three times, mm. just to get that thought out of my head, and oh, just yeah. so I can go back to sleep, bro. Yeah, I do believe. I mean, there are people who've been possessed by mm. evil spirits. I do believe that's real, and uh, I do believe in in the power of the Catholic Church. I never grew up Catholic, but like it's good to have like that comfort. But you were saying the, the power of the Catholic Church. Well, and- the power of the Catholic Church, uh, you know. Uh, to exercise uh, demons from people uh, is very real. Oh, yeah. It's very real. Uh, and, and they can do it. And that's because, um, you know, the, the church has been around forever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not to say that the church is perfect. Right, right. Um, I mean, but, none of us are. But, but they, have the, they have that power. Mm. 
uh, to exercise evil spirits. Whenever you, uh, I saw a documentary uh, the other day about that couple. Uh, they're very famous. The one for the, um, what, from Insidious, right, Emilio? From Insidious, I think. Uh, they're like an older right? God, you know, I talk about them all the time. I'm just having a brain fart right now. But um, the husband was like a demonologist and mm. the wife was like a clairvoyant. So when people would have like poltergeists or hauntings, they would call them. They would call them. And then the wife would be able to sense if the there was presence. something evil yeah. in there. And uh, they did a, they, they showed a show the other day. Like I remember I was watching cable and they, it came out on an A&E or something like that. And there was a documentary on them and it talked about some of their, their most popular cases. And there was a case where uh, this family had moved into this big, beautiful house but unbeknownst to them, uh, the basement of the house used to be a mortuary. And that there was this, what happened, they found out that there was this demon that lived there. Oh, yeah. shit. And they they experienced a lot of phenomena, like a lot. Yeah. And the, the, the couple, you know, once they identified, like, yeah, this is real, mm-hmm. they would try to get the church involved. To mm-hmm. come do an exorcism. Yeah. But the church doesn't just do that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have to gather up, like, all this evidence. Okay. And so they did. They oh. videotaped, like, all kinds Dude, of crazy stuff. Dude, fuck that. And they took the evidence to the to the local yeah. church and uh-huh. the hierarchy of the church. And then they're like, yeah, this is legit. And so they had finally sent a priest down there to... Mm. To do the exorcism in the house, yeah. Yeah, dude. But see, when people are experiencing shit like that, yeah, or when people are in in dire straits and something mm. bad is happening, what do they do? They they're gonna call the church or they start praying, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. God, yeah, please God help me, yeah. Oh, now you believe in God, yeah, because you really need Him. Uh, people do that all the time, dude. So, um, I, I I won't I won't say the name, but I have witnessed that where it's like. Okay, you don't really believe in God, but like now you're worried about your son being sick, and now you're gonna call on God now. Exactly. What about before when exactly. he was doing good? Exactly. Like, come on, like, like I mean, nothing against everybody that has their own opinion about religion, dude. But it's like, how are you gonna go from no, I don't believe, and then like, oh, please God, let's <laughs> no, right. Right. no, right. it just doesn't make any sense, man. But no, dude, I just wanted to bring that up, man, because I saw the sage, and then uh, um, well, I mean, I believe that people too. Uh, you know the sage is you know, the sage is used to kind of ward off negative right. energy, right? Yeah, like so, cleanse, cleanse. Yeah, to cleanse, you know, mm. negative energy. So, um, man, I could tell you a story, and, and I don't know if I should, but uh, I believe that there is people people who have ill will towards you, like ojo. Yeah, yeah, like ojo. Um, or, or just have so much anger, uh, towards anger you or hatred or whatever, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. negative energy that, that it can cross over uh, to you. And I believe that some people, for whatever reason, and I don't understand it or know it, some people can can transfer that negative that energy. energy. They have more power to transfer negative energy to you than other people do. Dude, I'm so... And, and, and like, for example, let me just really quick. No, go ahead. Uh, there was a person uh, who I was I had a relationship with and was, invo- and was involved with, and then uh, after the the relationship was over, uh, this person had a lot of 
hatred for me. Okay. And when I would feel her, that negative energy. You felt it. I felt it. And yeah, I would man. feel sick. Oof. Like, like just Jesus. sick, bro. Yeah. And, and let me tell you a, a, a story. This is absolutely true. No, go ahead. True. Go ahead, man. Absolutely truth. It's talking material. Let's go. Come on. What you got? I remember, I, I can't remember what year it was, but it was in the 2000s, like 2010 or eight around there. Um, I was with my crew mm. with two of my guys, a video guy and a camera guy. And we were at the uh, Alamo City Music Hall and we were going to interview Philip Anselmo. He was there with uh, a super joint ritual. And what? we were going to interview Phil Anselmo. So uh-huh. we're, we're, his manager said, hold on, Rob, he's not ready yet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. she goes, I'll text you when we're ready. I said, okay. So we were in my car, in my truck, drinking. And I felt an overwhelming presence of negative energy on yeah. me. And it, I felt really sick. I believe it, dude. And I was this close, bro, this close to saying, you know what, guys? My two guys were all excited about Phil Anselmo. Yeah, you're like, I was hey, like, dude, hey. I think I'm going to cancel and let's just go home because I don't good feel call. good. Good call. And they were like, Rob, no, man, come on, come it's on. like, just... nah, no. No, I did it. I stayed. Oh, you I did? did you didn't yeah. leave? No. So Fuck. I stayed. <laughs> and then we did the interview. We did the interview with Phil Anselmo and somehow okay. I made it through the interview. Yeah. But I remember right after we were done, I told my guys, hey, I'm getting out of here. I'm going home. And they were like, Rob, can we, we're going to stay for the show. I'm like, yeah, dude, stay for the show. Yeah, but I'm out. But I'm out. Yeah, and I'm I remember out. I went home and uh, I knew I knew that that negative energy was coming from that person. Yeah. Yeah. It stopped after a while. Dude, you know what? Like, that's crazy that you say that because I, I, I believe in that too, man. And I'm glad that we're bringing it up. Um, Like, obviously, I believe in God, man. But like. When the church tries to tell you that it's no, it's just God and the devil. It's like, no, well, I believe it's negative energy too and positive energy. Like people can have an effect on you. You know, obviously um, there is good and evil. There is yin yang, yang, man, mm-hmm. you know, and when it comes to like uh, manifestation and all that and feelings, like, of course, it does affect you, dude. You know, mm-hmm. um, like I, I, I wouldn't consider myself like, um, a medium or whatever, but I guess intuition, like you feel it, dude. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Yeah. You know, when someone's got it out for you or like when you feel bad energy mm-hmm. or something, you just know, you know, but, uh, um, yeah. But good will prevail. Yeah. <laughs> With metal, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking rough, man. Good shall prevail. <laughs> no, dude, but, uh, um, but that, you know, that, that's the thing too, though. Uh, and this this is something I've learned as I've gotten older is that, you know, there's people out there. There are evil people out there. Yeah, man. And, the, and then the worst kind of yeah. evil people out there are the ones that that hide it well. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. I've, I've realized, you know, and I'll tell you a, a, a quick story. And I could say this person's name and people might know who he is. But there used to be a guy who was part of my inner circle. Uh, he was like my brother. He was in my inner circle. Like, if I was going to have, you know, a, a, a UFC get together. Or this a barbecue or something, he was uh, there. He was there. He, he was, was there. part of my yeah. crew. He worked for me. And I considered him a brother. And I keep my circle, you know, small. Very small. And to make a long story short, this guy kind of betrayed me. And he 
he took some private conversations that the the crew had and went out there and and said stuff to oh, these people fuck, man. and it's like you know why would you do that why would you do that yeah and uh you know the only reason was is just to hurt me you know just to hurt me for whatever reason and uh, that's that's bad you know yeah. and i thought he was my friend and sometimes i see this dude out in the scene and he he tries to hug on me and he says, Rob, let me buy you a drink. I'm like, dude, nah, man. I'm like, dude, get the fuck away from me. Just get away from me, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you try, try, and, there, but, and there are people like that who yeah. do that. And for whatever reason, and, and, and it, that's horrible. Dude, tr- trust is a valuable thing, man. Like I, I've come to learn, like you said, as you get older, yeah. you understand and you're able to read people because of the shit that they put you through already. <laughs> Like, you just see the signs, man. For example, uh, I'll keep the story short. Um, my cousins, which I won't say their names. My cousins, dude. Uh, I was leaving my lawyer's office downtown. And uh, I saw them down the street. And and I was like, what What the fuck? Like, so-and-so? Like, what are y'all doing? Oh, we're trying to hustle for food. I'm like, well, I got food in my house. Let's go. And they're like, all right. They hopped in my car. Boom. Took them to my apartment. Um, they ate all my food. <laughs> all, of, all of my food, all of my snacks, all of my ice cream, everything, everything. And like um, I was going through a bad time, like me and my girlfriend broke up. I lost my job like I it was a lot of stuff. Um, and then I was just like, OK, I'm just going to party. I don't get, I don't give a shit. I just want to party like because I'm depressed, whatever. I was like 21 and 22. And so like the day that I need to go back to work, I'm like, where can I drop it all off? It seemed like they wanted to linger around. I'm like, no, nah, I need to drop it all off, man. I got to I got to go to work. What the fuck are you going to do here? So like they're like, um, well, first of all, my cousin was like making an excuse. Oh, no, we're going to go with so and so. Like, OK, can you call her or something so she can pick you up? Oh, no. Can you just drop off down the down the street at the bus stop? I'm like, yeah, sure. I did. So I dropped them off, went to my dad's house, went back to my apartment. Dude, all my shit was gone. Like my PS3, my games, my movies, oh, my studio man. microphone, my chain, like my watch, like a lot of stuff was gone, dude. And I think what happened was on a Saturday, one of my cousins asked to borrow my car. And I'm like, dude, I'm talking with the chick, whatever. I don't give a shit what you do. Go ahead. And I think what he did was he made a copy of my apartment key because there was no sign of breaking. There was no broken windows, nothing, dude. Like I come back and it's all gone. And I made sure that none of it was gone before I dropped them off. That's like horrible. I made sure everything was still there. I'm like, okay, everything's still here. Good. Let me go drop them off. I know it was them. But it's just people, they they would do you wrong, dude, when you're just trying to do good and trying to help them out, man. You know what I mean? And, like, they have malintentions and shit. So, like, now that's why you keep your circle small. The older you get, dude, it's like, nah, man, you don't want to deal with that, dude. Ask me how many friends I have on my personal Facebook page. Oh, you have another one? Oh, well, I have a Rob Rob Robert Chavez Facebook page, and then I have the Rob's Metalworks Facebook page. Oh yeah, um, ask me how many I have on the Robert Chavez Facebook page. Probably like forty. I have about a hundred. It it fluctuates between a hundred and a hundred and ten. Mm. But all the people that are friends on Facebook, they're they're people I know, personally know. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I get lots of friend requests. I know you do, man. Especially from musicians. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm at Cantu. I don't know you, bro. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> nah, dude. Yeah, man. Tr- trust is a hard thing to come by, dude. And it's, then, a hard, it's a hard commodity to come by these days. Oh, yeah, man. Definitely, dude. And I, I think it's really cool that, like, um, I feel like we've 
I mean, like, at least I hope so. I feel like we became, you know, pretty good friends. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, um, but then again, it's just like uh, you just notice the the genuine, genuine, new, What what was the word, Emilio? What the fuck? Genuinity. Is... Genuinity. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if that's it either. But. I don't know if it is either, man. But we're just gonna go with it. <laughs> Fuck it, dude. The authenticity. Authenticity, bro. There you go. There you go. What are the What are the plans for future plans for uh, Rob's Metalworks, man? There you go. Um, honestly, you know, uh, like I like I mentioned earlier, next year is gonna be a very pivotal year, and uh, uh, you know, not only because of my age, but uh, because I'm gonna be hopefully transitioning professionally mm-hmm. into a more demanding position okay. um, at work. And once I wrap up this degree um, and, you know, sometimes I feel like it's time for me to move on from Rob's. What? Yeah. Like to quit it? Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't use the word quit. I mean, I would just because stand you know, by after someone's done it for 25 years uh, I don't think that that's the appropriate word. I think the word is just like, I think uh, the best way to put it is just that my work is done. Mm. I'm completed with the work. You satisfied? I'm, Beyond uh, satisfied. I, I don't need. I don't need to. I don't need to. I don't need to prove myself anymore in that arena. Yeah. 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 I, I guess mean, you're I, right. I've already done it. I've, Rob's Metalworks is become something that I had never ever dreamed of um and we've done so much you know I don't know if you remember but we used to do events and you know the barbecue that we had back yeah, in September that was cool I used to do barbecues like that back in in the late 90s with the musicians Damn, from that time dude. yeah I mean that wasn't something new I mean we've done it I've done it before and that was the thing like to to create the brotherhood um, between us yeah there were some people who didn't show up in september mm. and uh you know uh, those people know who they are and uh if unless, unless you were at work or in the fucking hospital you should have fucking been there because yeah one of the things i tell all the bands yeah right yeah is it this this business this scene yeah it's about relationships it is you know, in a networking connection, friendship. A relationship yeah. is like a plant. You don't fucking water the plant, it's gonna die. Yeah. You don't fucking facilitate or try to nurture the relationship, it's gonna die. It'll wither, man. Yeah, it'll wither. And then yeah. I and then I got messages from musicians who didn't get invited. And they were like, What the fuck? Why why, why Rob, why didn't you invite me? I'm like, dude, I haven't heard from you in two years. Yeah. There's no relationship here, bro. Yeah. Nothing, I know you. Nothing personal. I know you, yeah, but nothing personal. I haven't heard anything from you. You haven't sent me any new music. Yeah, you're not trying to, you know, you're not trying to be a friend. Yeah. Oh, you got a good point. Yeah. I'm like, you know. Yeah. And you're asking why you didn't get invited to the barbecue. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just because yeah. you're part of the scene doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you know. You, everybody's part of the scene. Well, that's Can't be thing. singled out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. So I mean, it's all about relationships at this point. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, people need to understand that. And if you don't understand that, then uh, you're not going to go very far. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's what it is, man. Yeah. Well, Rob, 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Like, literally, thank you so much for taking time out of your night. Um, I know you had a, a big banquet to go to and, like, fancy dinner at Fogo de Chao. Like, I'm sorry. I'm eating yeah. somewhere. I'm fucking starving. <laughs> but I want to thank you so much for coming through, man, for being part of Talking with Turo. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a sweet-ass episode, dude, especially because you've built your legacy over the years, man, and you've made your mark in San Antonio. But one thing that I did uh, say in the promo was that not just local, national. Yeah, yeah, dude, national, bro. Like they know your name in California. They know your name. Oh yeah, New York. They know your name. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like in in Jersey. fucking Jersey, Jersey, like, like in, in uh, Jersey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Raw right in the UK, it's start talking about Rob's Metaworks. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, we interviewed. Uh, I don't know. If you, this is an area where I kind of stepped out of the metal, but we did an interview with. Uh, Rodrigo and Gabriela. You know who that is? That sounds familiar. Are they acoustic guitar players? Yeah, acoustic Oh, I've seen them. Yeah. From Mexico. Them, yeah, yeah. I see them. Yeah, the, we interviewed them. That was the last interview I did before the pandemic. Mm. And we did that at the Majestic Theater. Mm. Yeah, Majestic Theater. And uh, they were really cool. And their record company. Wow, Majestic Theater? Nice. Yes. Yeah, their record company is from Ireland. So I was on the what? this guy. This guy from Ireland was calling me Oi. like Oi. 10 o'clock at night, 11 Oops. o'clock at night. And we were setting it up. <laughs> And he and I was telling him, "Hey man, what time is it over there?" He goes, "Oh, it's one o'clock, mate." One o'clock, mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's halfway, halfway around the world contacting me. Cogni from Ireland. Yeah, the record labels from Ireland. Yeah, Irishman. That's yeah, cool, dude. Well, hey man, let, let's and hopefully, uh, hopefully next year for twenty twenty one. You know, well, once hopefully, you know, we don't know, but if things go back to normal and all these national bands start touring again. Then you know my plan is to focus on national bands Good. next year. Yeah, bring Good. national artists back to Rob's Metalworks. Well, for the record, I do want to say thank you for letting Marilla vote be a part of <sighs> Rob's Metalworks. That was sweet. I apologize for everybody that I was drunk as fuck. Shit, you were nothing compared to Roy. Oh, uh, we don't know who Roy is. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, yeah. man. Thank you so all much. Right. I appreciate all it, right, brother. Okay. No, but I can edit it. We don't have to start with anything or whatever. Okay. Uh, we ready? Yeah, no, we're recording right now. Okay. Uh, Arturo, you know, thank you so much, dude, uh, uh, for having me on your show. And, and uh, you know, I was I was eager, despite the fact that I procrastinated <laughs> in getting you a date for this. Hey, it's all good, man. I was excited about coming on here because I knew that we would have good conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's cool that you're doing this talking with Turo thing. I like that, I hope, Thank you. Know, you. I wish you all the success and I want you to uh, keep working hard. And, and like I said, if you ever, you ever want to talk to me about anything, you know, I'm always oh, here yeah, for you. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, man. So to kind of commemorate me being here on your show, I brought you a small gift. I I'm brought excited you a to small see what, what gift. Is this? What is this? Here it is. Emilio, get this on camera, uh, Emilio. What is I, this? I, I wrapped it for you. Go ahead and just rip it open. It's, you're not going to break it. Uh, but it's a small token, and hopefully you can uh, put it up here in your in your studio. And uh, when you see it, I hope that you will remember. Uh, I won't remember. remember me. <laughs> remember me. Remember this <laughs> evening, and uh, and. Uh, Remember thrash metal, dude. Look at that. Look at that, bro. What the fuck? That's so sick, man. 
You're awesome, man. Thank you so that much. That is dude. a very vintage picture of Metallica from 1984. And not everyone has this. No, that's like oh, Ride the dude, Lightning. This is gonna, this. Ride the Lightning era and uh and a very cool picture. Oh, when, man. When that picture right there epitomizes fucking thrash metal in the 80s. Dude, that's that's what it. Dude, does. my dad's gonna love this, dude. Wait, 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 hold on. Don't who's give this it to si- him. Who's this signed by? No, no, I won't give it. to I him. I signed it to you, and I said, "Did you read what I wrote?" Oh man, to art, you are the greatest Mexican person <laughs> that is very Mexican ever. I wish you success on talking with Duro. <laughs> I wanted to bring you something tangible that you can have, hold it, and feel it, and look at it, and remember, remember tonight, and remember uh, the passion that. Uh, Rob's Metalworks has for heavy metal. Dude, you know, one thing that I feel about this is when I look at this, I just feel like passion in general, like what you're doing, what Marilla Vo is doing, what everybody else is doing, like whatever critique, not critique, but whatever artistic value that they have, dude, it can go to distance. Yeah, dude. Back then, Metallica wasn't shit. Wait, do you have another Costa dough? Because I drink a lot. So, like, can you give me another one? <laughs> <laughs> Those are actually, actually, bro. Uh, that coaster I actually had to pull it off of my refrigerator. Oh, yeah, what? There's, just there's, for me, dude? Just for you. There's no more what? of those. There's oh, no man. more of those. I think hey, there's one hanging in the metal workshop. I'm going to cry, dude. Can you it. cut the cameras? I'm going to cry, dude. Like, can you? Can, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I appreciate it, dude. You're welcome, bro. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, it's good to have you on the show, man. Yeah. I need you to come back again so we can talk some more. All righty. Next year. Yes, sir. So it was really cool sitting down with Rob himself from Rob's Metalworks. I've heard, you know, a couple people here in the music scene, you know, say like, man, it's a dream to come true, like to be on on Rob's. Like, this is so surreal. <laughs> but, you know, that that's pretty cool because of, of the history that he made for himself, you know. Um, but yeah, that, that was a pretty interesting conversation. Pretty awesome uh, to receive that gift from him. Um, you guys can reach me at talkingwithturo at gmail.com I'm always open to criticism or conversation or if you'd like to be on the podcast as well you can always reach out to me you can also reach out to me on Facebook um, pretty soon I'll be on a Google Podcast and Apple Podcast but uh, yeah feel free to hit me up and hope to see you guys with episode 2 with Amanda Yannis.